And hello once again, everybody. Connor Runyon, glad you're with us for another Saluki Standards podcast. This one with Justin Fetcho, the head coach of Saluki Men's Golf. First, let's pay some bills. The Saluki Standards podcast is brought to you by McAllister's Deli in Carbondale. They're located on East Main Street in Carbondale, and they're known for their sweet tea and their genuine hospitality. The title sponsor of the Saluki Standards podcast is McAllister's Deli in Carbondale. So Justin Fetcho, a two-time Valley champ, two times in five years. They most recently won in 2019, which makes them, like Saluki Women's Golf, still the champs because the 2020 season was not completed. So they'll have uh, at least uh, a few more months to kind of bask in that glory uh, before defending that title uh, again next spring. Uh, Coach Fetcho is from El Dorado, Illinois, about 50 miles from campus. So a, a Southern Illinoisan at heart. He was an All-American at John A. Logan before he went to South Florida and was an All-American and a scholar-athlete there. Then he stayed in South Florida to start his coaching career, went to Illinois, was an assistant in Oregon, and then found his way to Carbondale as the head coach of the Saluki program. Just for transparency, this conversation was recorded in the middle of July a couple weeks ago, so I don't want you thinking, why didn't you ask about that? Or why didn't you ask about this as far as it pertains to, to recent news? Um, but it is, for the most part, up to date. But if you did have some doubts, that's why. It was recorded, uh, I want to say, July 15th or July 16th, something like that. So uh, without further ado, here's Justin Fetcho of Saluki Men's Golf. Coach, thanks so much for the time. How's everything going? Oh, it's, it's going great. I, and uh, thanks for having me. You know, this is, this is great. I'm glad to be on here. And and uh, shed a little bit more light about our program. I mentioned the rings. Uh, what do you do with uh, the rings and trophies that you've collected over the years? <laughs> I need to get them in my man cave. That's what I need. I need a little. I need a little shrine out there with the ring set. And you know, I can't take the trophy home. It's 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 you know right there in the hallway in the athletics building. But uh, you know, we I need I need a little shrine here and in my house with uh, showcasing some of these things that we've done. But uh, no, it is, it is good to be able to, uh, you know, wear, wear the rings out to some of the Saluki events. And, and uh, like I said, just really uh, showcase some of the great things that our program has been able to do over the last couple of years. Are there specific occasions that dictate when you throw one of those things on? No, we always have one recruits in town. You always, you always want to have one on when they're, when they're showing up, but uh, no, I, I, it's good. It's good to just, uh, um, you know, I mean, I guess really any type of SIU event that we can, that we can showcase that it's good. It's just a, uh, these guys, and I let them kind of, uh, I, I, I started, I let the seniors kind of pick out uh, kind of a design of the ring and um, it's, it's a pretty pretty big sized ring, so it's not something you want to wear around all the time. I mean, I guess uh, you know if you if you want that extra weight on your fingers, I guess for a little workout you could wear it every day. But uh, I try to keep mine nice and shiny for those special occasions. Yeah, you'll be in. Uh, I was gonna say you'll be in pretty good shape if you ever get in a fight. If you got to be <laughs> seriously. Yeah, <laughs> well, you you look at the history of the Saluki Golf Program, and uh, you you won your first title your second year, um, but you go all the way back to when Saluki Golf started, 1947. Before that first one, you won. There had never been a championship in the program. Uh, did did that dawn on you when you guys won that first one? How historic. Uh, that moment and that accomplishment was you know that was something that uh, you know I, I 
I was able to kind of dive into the history a little bit when I got here. And that was kind of, you know, I remember uh, that specific time, well, even the first year, but that's that specific year that we won, that was kind of the, that was kind of our motto was, you know, how cool would it be to be the first ones that's ever done something in school history? So I think it was kind of there in the back of our mind about, hey, this is, this is something that's, that's never happened before. And uh, in that specific year, I mean, we were, we definitely weren't picked to win. Um, Wichita State was still in our conference at the time and they'd won several in a row. And, uh, you know, I mean, it was just uh, a, a very, a very just, I don't want to call it emotional feeling, but it was just something that was just, you, you, you never can't, you know, you'll never forget that moment of just watching our guys just win at Wichita when they're the favorites. And it was the first one in school history. And, you know, we're just looking around and just knowing that all that hard work that we put in all year and nobody was ever going to be able to take away from us that we were the first people to ever win a men's golf championship in school history. And then you do it again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, and then we wanted to follow it up. Yeah. I mean, you know, how cool is it to be the second, you know, that's, that's what we talked about, but you know, I mean, it's, uh, we, I think that's the thing that we're trying to do now is, um, you know, and we've got some great, great uh, golf programs in our conference. So it's definitely no, no disrespect to any, anybody in our league, but we want to be a dominant team in the Missouri Valley. I mean, you know, we, we've, you know, in, in five years of, of having, uh, you know, of being able to do conference championships, I think, you know, we, we've been a part of two first and two seconds. So, I mean, I think that we're there on that, you know, kind of dominant kind of knocking there on the door, but, you know, the, the, the first place trophies look a lot bigger than second place trophies. So we want to continue to get more of those there in the, you know, in the, in the trophy room. But, uh, you know, we, we're, we're excited to, you know, go play a conference championship every single year. And I think just having the, you know, the experience of knowing that we've done it before, I think has kind of helped our, has, has helped in the second year because we had some of the same guys that were there um, in the first year that came back on the second. So I think just having that and having the, uh, the knowledge and the experience to go through and, and see yourself win, I think it can lend to being able to do it, you know, again and, and hopefully again and again, you know, so. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what a lot of um, athletic programs are after, the kind of sustained success that you guys have had. Uh, the experience that you're talking about certainly helps. But as far as um, – you know, the motivation and not getting complacent, you know, how do you, how do you fight some of those things and uh, kind of do what you're talking about, do it again and again and again. Right. You know, well, I think, you know, the, the things that we talk about are, even though that we have, you know, we've accomplished some great things and, and there's things that I'm very, very proud of that we've been able to accomplish, but there's still things that we haven't accomplished that we can still try to set ourselves out to do. And so, you know, obviously winning that Missouri Valley Conference Championship sets you up to do a lot of those special things. You get an invitation into the NCAA postseason and so forth. But I think, you know, if you're a, if you're a college athlete in general, I mean, you want to play in the NCAA postseason, whether that's March Madness, whether that's, you know, in the college football playoffs. I mean, whatever it is, you want to be there at the end. And I think we've been fortunate that uh, we've done it a couple of times now. We've been part of being in the NCAA postseason, you know, represented – uh, three out of the last four years in the NCAA postseason. Uh, only 81 teams in the country can make it that far out of over 300 Division One golf programs. But, you know, I think a next step for us is we're going to be competing for that national championship. And only 30 teams make it out of that 81 on. So, you know, I, I think it's hard for us to be 
to get in a complacent mindset if that's what we really want. And hopefully, you know, and I, I mean, I, I, I strongly believe that we've got the players here in our program that they're not, they don't want to just stay complacent with just saying we're Missouri Valley Conference champion. I mean, they want to play against the best level of competition we can. And what higher place can you play than trying to compete for a national championship where, again, only 30 teams in the country get that opportunity every year in our sport. Um, but why not us? I mean, there's, there's programs in the Midwest that do it. There's programs that are of a non-Power 5 name that do it. Uh, so why not us? If we continue to work hard and believe, uh, you know, the, it, it's going to come our way. We just got to keep, keep going to work. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's pretty cool that that you have the opportunity to do to do, to do that because you're not at the Power Five level. Uh, you don't have the Power Five name like you're talking about. But hey, you win the conference championship, you get in there, you, you got no, a I chance mean, to go compete for it. That's right. I mean, it, I mean, that's that's what's exciting as fans watching, you know, uh, the other sports, right? That's you know the that's why everybody gets so excited about March Madness and you watch and it's like you know, I mean, if you just put. I mean, if you just took the, the names on the piece of paper and said, well, you know, the, the, the one seed, the two seed, the three seed, they're going to walk to the Sweet 16 or Elite Eight or whatever. They don't have to play those games. Well, tell that to the guys they're playing against because that's their opportunity, right? That's when you right. get to soak it up and have that chance. And that's what, you know, I mean, we don't want to be underdogs our whole life, but, I mean, that's where you want to be is get to that point to where you have that opportunity to go showcase against, uh, you know, at, at the highest level at the national championship. Mm -hmm. You didn't get a chance this spring to defend that title. Uh, a little different opponent this spring, uh, right. the coronavirus. Uh, from, from, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm tired of saying that. I'm sure you're tired of hearing that. Right. Uh, from, from my interactions with you, uh, you've, you've been known to be pretty optimistic. Um, have, have you stayed pretty true to that during this time where, where some of that could be tested? You know what? I, I was just telling somebody the other day that uh, – you know, when it comes to this, I, I've probably been about as optimistic as probably anybody can anybody can do. Okay, um, with the news that keeps coming out, it makes it a little bit more difficult. You know, with 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 conferences making announcements about you know going conference only or pushing things back to the spring. Um, you know, for golf in particular, while we do play in the fall and the spring both, the spring is primarily. I mean, that's our championship, so that is our season, really. Um, would I be disappointed if we didn't get a chance to go and play in the fall and, and try to work ourselves to it? Absolutely. Because I think for us and our program, that's where we've been able to kind of make a huge stride is watching our guys perform in the fall, get experience, go into the off season, work really hard on the things we need to, and then come out in the spring, be ready to go and hopefully be playing our best golf come the spring. But, um, you know, I, I'm still, I, I'm still, you know, kicking like we're, we're, like we're moving forward. You know, I mean, there's, there's been a lot of challenges. We've got five tournaments on our schedule for this fall. Three of them are against Big Ten teams, Wisconsin, Indiana, Purdue. And obviously with the news that's come out that they're going conference only, we're waiting to hear, are those tournaments still, are, are we going to be able to still be invited to those events and play? You know, and if something happens there and we can still play, but not those events, we need to go to, you know, we need to go to plan B and C, but obviously, you know, I, I want to, I want to have a plan B and C in place. I don't want to, I don't want to say it's it. I don't want to, I don't want to hear that it's over. You know, I mean, if we can, if we can keep people healthy and safe, obviously, I mean, we don't want to do anything that's, that's, you know, we, we're, we're going to put our people at risk. Obviously we don't want that, but if we can do it, if we can play and we're seeing that, you know, if you watch sports on TV, PGA Tour is one of the few out there that's been able to play, you know, and, and be able to do it. 
Uh, NBA is getting ready to try. MLB is trying to get some stuff going. NFL, you know, we, we, you know, their season's still a little bit away, but the PGA Tour right now has shown, and they've had tournaments week after week here where they've been able to play. And, you know, I don't want golf to be singled out, but I think if we're looking at – if you could take every sport as a whole and look, I, I would think that golf would make the most sense in terms of being able to social distance and, and do those things. So I guess in a roundabout way, I'm very optimistic that we can do this. You know, it's just – it's not my decision. So You brought up conference-only scheduling, and uh, some people listening to this are going to be wondering, why are you asking the golf coach a football question? But <laughs> – uh, the the economic impact of Saluki football losing the Wisconsin game will reverberate throughout the department. That was uh, it's supposed to be a, a half million dollar payout. Uh, how do you think that impacts Saluki golf not having um, you know that that extra half million dollars? I mean, it, I don't think that you know it, it should take a, a business person to understand when you don't when when you lose half a million dollars that affects everybody in the company. You know, and if we're all one one big family here, one big company. I mean, that affects us all, you know, whether, whether men's golf was going to see $500,000 or $5, it still affects us in terms of what that outcome was going to be in terms of, you know, not being able to get that portion of the money uh, to come to our, to our athletics. Because I mean, again, it's, we are a family in terms of the whole, you know, the whole athletic department. So, I mean, you know, you, that money can help everybody and you don't want to see, we don't want to see other programs struggle, you know, at the fate of what's going on with a decision that, you know, is taking away half a million dollars to people, whether that goes, you know, whether we were going to pump it into all football or spread it to all sports or whatever it might be. I think that anytime you don't have that kind of revenue coming in, like I said, that's a direct impact um, for everybody and, and, and everybody will feel that one way or another because it, whether that comes through budgets or whatever it might be. So yes, obviously it's very disappointing to hear that. And again, it's, you know, it's a, it's a whole nother topic to talk about that probably, but it's not our decision. We don't have, I mean, we can't do anything about it. They, right. they say it, we, we have to follow up and, and go with what that is, but you know, it is, it is disappointing to hear that our school, you know, was looking forward to having that kind of money coming in. And, and you know, again, we, we're sitting here to talk about the money, but for me as a coach, I'm thinking if I'm, if I'm Coach Hill, not just is it about $500,000, but it's about the opportunity for my guys to go play against a Power 5 opponent and show who we are and what we're all about and go up to Wisconsin and, and, and go and, you know, let's find out what happens at the end of the game. Let's look at the scoreboard. Let's see how the Salukis do. But we got an opportunity to go play and compete at that level. So, I mean, I think there's a lot that goes into all that. And, uh, again, we're going to – we're gonna feel we're gonna feel it, um, but you know, hopefully we're we're gonna come out stronger on the back end of that. Yeah, if anybody knows how football is feeling, losing out on that game, it's it's you with what you guys did at Indiana last year and going there and winning. So that's uh, a that's a good point. But another part of the news that I'm sure hit close to home with you guys was, um, you know, if classes go online, international students potentially. Uh, having to go back to their home country that was reversed earlier this week. But uh, I mean, what would you guys have done if, if that was the case and, and you couldn't have more than half your team here? <laughs> That's uh, you know, that is, uh, I'll tell you that I, it was a pretty stressful couple of weeks there trying to, trying to figure it out. You know, I mean, I'm trying to contact the SIU international office. We're having zoom calls with our international guys on our team um, they're trying to gather their information from their countries. We're trying to find out what's happening here. 
Um, you know, I mean, I, quite honestly, I mean, I still I, I don't think we're still in the clear just yet because they still have a travel ban to be able to get over here. So we're still trying to navigate all this to be able to get them back. But yeah, I mean, I'm not I, I don't know that I'm willing to sit here and say that we've got a great plan in place if they don't if they're not able to get back. I mean, we've got nine guys on our team. Six of them are international guys. I mean, that leaves us three guys, and we travel with five. So, I mean, you know, I, again, do I have some things in my back pocket that I've been thinking about? I mean, absolutely. But I hope that that's just a last-case scenario that we have to kind of come across because, obviously, all of our guys are – I mean, they're, they're eager to get back here. I mean, they're excited to get back here and play college golf. I mean, we had, we'd had most of them that had planned to come back – this month and start to play golf over here in the U.S. just to get just to gear up because they went home early because our season got done earlier than what we wanted it to do wanted it to be because of you know COVID-19 but um you know that is it's a I I know that there's other I know that there's other programs in our university in our, in a, our athletic department that have international students but I don't know that it's at the high rate that that we have that makes up a strong percentage of our team so yeah we're uh, it's going to, you know, it, it's affected us already. I mean, just in terms of trying to get them back over here. But again, I, I'll go back a couple questions before. I'm still very optimistic that we're going to be able to figure this out and be able to get them here. Um, it's just taking a little bit of time to try to navigate that and, and, and try to try to work itself. And hopefully it will work itself all out because I think we're getting, you know, as you alluded to at the end there, we're getting better and better answers here as it's as it's going on stuff has been lifted and things have been going so I think we're going to find some 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 good news here hopefully soon where we're going to find those guys being able to get back to campus a little different question on the topic of uh, your international students uh, England Belgium Norway and Iceland are all represented on your current roster how many of those places have you actually been to when you've been out <laughs> recruiting uh, let's see. I've been to uh, been to England, and that's the only oh, that's the only one. I think I think I had a stop in Iceland. I stopped at a hub, hub. That was where I, I connected for a flight, but I didn't get out and, and tour. So I mean, it is. Uh, you know, I told those guys, hey, this is. You know, once you leave here, we're staying in contact because when I start to travel and go, I'm I'm going to be going to Iceland. Belgium, Scotland. I want to be going to Norway and I'm going to be finding you guys and you're going to be showing me all these places I need to be visiting, golf courses I need to be playing and all that. So, uh, yeah, so I, I again, I, I've got I've got that in the, in the pipeline for down the line when it's time for me to start traveling around and visit some of these places. That should be part of the recruiting agreement. I'll bring you here, but you got to be my tour guide when I go over yeah, there. I, I make them sign an undisclosed agreement once they get here that, that, uh, that allows me the opportunity to go visit them whenever I want to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, let, let's bring it back a little bit more domestically. I want to talk about your upbringing a little bit. You, you grew up about, what, 50 miles east of, of Carbondale. Um, so you're, you're born and raised in the region. When when you were growing up, how much attention were you paying to what was going on down the road on campus at SIU? Oh man, uh, you know I was uh, I was a Saluki fan. I, you know, anytime you're you know I mean you look at this community, it's not just you know when when people say Southern Illinois, I mean it truly is Southern Illinois. It's not just Carbondale. I mean it, it it's it's a community around Carbondale, and uh, you know if you grow up within this region. Uh, you know about the Salukis, and I mean, I attended football games, I attended basketball games. I remember coming to the 
you know, the midnight basketball games and going to the old football stadium and watching games. Um, you know, my, my parents graduated from SIU. My sister graduated from SIU. So, I mean, I, you know, I, I won't say that, you know, I won't say that my bedroom was all marooned out when I was a kid, but I mean, I was, you know, I knew about the Salukis and, and, and obviously had followed them and, and uh, you know, from, from, you know, and, and new people on the golf team as well. I mean, you know, I, I uh, so, I mean, I, I, I obviously kept close, close tabs on what was going on, um, you know, in Carbondale, just, just being in the region. And, and like I said, I was, I was, a, I was a big fan uh, as a kid growing up. You had some influence, it sounded like, with some other sports. You brought up basketball and football. But uh, what was kind of the eureka moment for you that, that golf could take you pretty far in life? Oh, man. Uh, you know, <laughs> that's a good question. I don't know if I had a if I had an aha moment or not. I think it was just, uh, you know, I, I kind of got into it. My dad, play, my dad plays, and, uh, you know, he – he, he said he tried to take me out there at a, at a pretty young age, like when I was like four or five or six. And I didn't really show a whole lot of interest in being out there. And then uh, when I was 10, he, he took me back out there and, and I started to, started to do it and, uh, you know, started, started to really enjoy it. And, you know, I mean, I really, I just, I, I just tried to, I guess, work hard. I mean, at my golf course where I grew up, I mean, it was just an 18 hole public golf course. And, you know, I was, I was fortunate and, and, you know, probably people don't do this nowadays. Just, I mean, I don't know if they do or not, but when uh, I, I met people that I would go out there in the summer at, when school was out, I, I knew uh, older guys than me that were teachers that I met at the golf course. And my, you know, when I was in junior high, my parents would just go drop me off at the golf course, you know, 7:30 in the morning and they'd come back and pick me up at night. You know, I mean, I didn't have a cell phone. I didn't have, I mean, that was, the golf course was my babysitter, you know, basically. Um, but I was out and we play golf all day. It's not like I just go play nine holes and then just sit in the clubhouse and watch TV. I mean, we play 36, 54 holes in a day, just going around and playing. And, you know, and I think just as it kept going, I just kept seeing myself get better and better. And I knew that, you know, I mean, I, I wanted to see how far I could go and see what I could do. And, um, you know, I mean, when I was in junior high, I can't, I don't think that I was really saying, I want to see how good I can be so that I can go play in college. I think it was just kind of when I got in high school and started to play, you know, not just high school stuff, but outside events. And I was seeing that I could compete with, you know, a lot of players that, you know, were going to play college golf or, you know, were thinking about playing college golf. And I think that that just kind of showed me that, you know, I, I, I have it, I, I, I can do it. I just got to keep working at it. And, uh, you know, lo and behold, I, I was able to, I was able to make something out of it. I think a lot of light bulbs just went on. Uh, so much talk right now about daycare. I think some parents <laughs> listening might be thinking, all right, I, I got my solution. I'm just going to drop my kid off at the golf course. Seriously, seriously. There you go. There you go. That's a, that's a, that's a good deal. They can, uh, you know, just, uh, I, I think that, uh, you know, in, in, in certain places, I think that that's a, that's a great idea. You know, like I said, we just had a, we had a public golf course. I grew up in a town, you know, El Dorado grew up in a town of, you know, 4,500 people and everybody knows everybody. And, uh, you know, I mean, it was, it was great. I mean, it was a win-win. I still, you know, I mean, again, I, even though I live over this way, I still try to get back and go see those people and go out there and play at that golf course, you know, once or twice a year. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, uh, I hope I don't put any daycare people out of business, but that's a good idea to kind of get, get some people involved with golf again. You know, we need, we need more people to start playing, and, and uh, hopefully that will be something they could try to do. 
No, I, I think you're safe there. I think you're safe there. Uh, but, but you stayed local and played uh, at the junior college level at John A. Logan in Carterville, then went on to South Florida. Uh, give, me a, give me a pro comparison. Who are you similar to that's on tour right now when you were playing? Oh man, <laughs> I don't know if I could do. I don't know if I could compare myself to anybody that's that's playing um, because I would probably do them a disservice by comparing myself to to them. But uh, you know, I think when you're, you know, obviously when I'm growing up, I mean, you're you, you got you got Tiger, you know, that you're trying to emulate, and then along comes Adam Scott. You're watching these guys, and their swings are just perfect. And you know, I mean, you just want. You know, you, you're, you're doing everything you can to try to get your swing to look exactly like those guys swing. And, you know, and, and quite honestly, you know, when I say it, when I say it right now and I'm saying this to you, I mean, it, it's really it's it's really the exact opposite of what we teach in our program, because we don't really care what the swing looks like in nature. Uh, I mean, as long as you can do some of the fundamental stuff correct and, and, and your impact position is good so you can understand your ball. Um, we really just care about how you score and how you grind and how you're tough. And I think that, um, you know, if, if, if you talk to anybody that I played against, um, you know, when I was younger, that's what I would, that's what I would hope that they would say is that, you know, if, if you were playing against, you know, if you go talk to somebody and you're playing against Justin Petro, like you'd never have that guy down and out. He's always going to keep fighting and grinding and, you know, I mean, he's, he's going to fight and claw his way all the way to the end. And, um, and that's what I try to, and that's why I try to project onto our, our team too. I mean, we try to be guys that, you know, we never give up no matter what it is. And, and guys could be, you know, guys could be bigger or stronger or hit it further or hit it straighter or whatever it might be. They could have all those, but we want the intangibles at the end that just give us the opportunity to go compete and play and, you know, not be afraid to just go challenge somebody and, and, uh, you know, I think that when, uh, when I talked about the golf swing there a little bit, I think most people now will end up, they go straight to the range and they work on that. And I think the best thing that ever happened to me as a kid was, like I just told you, my parents went and dropped me off at the golf course. So all I did was play, 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 play. And when you're playing, I can promise you, if you're playing and you want to play at a high level, you can't be worried about what your swing looks like, or you're not going to play well. I mean, you're just worried about the lowest score you can shoot. And that's, and I think for me, that's where I was able to get to. And that's why, you know, I was able to shoot low scores um, and wasn't afraid to shoot low scores is because that's all I did was just go play, play, play. And I got in that position a lot of times, even if it was just, you know, in a so-called practice environment at my home course, I at least knew I could do it. So um, on tour, I don't know that I know too many people that would be quite like that. Like I said, I, 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 uh, I don't even know who I could even describe myself like, so I don't even, I don't even want to take a guess. So I'm just going to dodge that. I'm just going to dodge that question. <laughs> Savvy move. Savvy move. Uh, but uh, after the two years at Logan, uh, I mean, growing up in the region, spending two years there, then you go down to South Florida. Um, take this whatever way you want to, whether it's from your golf development or your personal development. How important were those years to, to go somewhere else uh, and, and what ultimately led you back here? Uh, yeah, I mean, huge change. It was a huge change for me and, and probably one of the, you know, one of the, one of the best decisions for me at that time, because like I said, growing up, small town, 4,500 people, I stayed local, went to a junior college and, and, you know, again, this is not a discredit to anybody that I grew up playing against or anybody at that junior college level when I was there, but 
you know, when I was in high school, I, I had a pretty decent career at where I was at, you know, in a small town. I, you know, our, our team was pretty good, um, you know, and then at the junior college level, our team was pretty good there too. We, you know, we finished, I think, second in the country. And, you know, I think I finished second or third individually uh, at the national championship. And I think for that time, it, for me to grow, I needed to move on and I needed to go someplace else. And, you know, again, growing up in a town of 4,500 people and then going to University of South Florida had 50,000 students at the time. I mean, it was, I don't want to say culture shock, but it was something, it was something that I hadn't really experienced before. Um, and I think it was great. You know, I mean, I hadn't really, hadn't really been away from home. You know, even when I was at Logan, I would go home on the weekends because it wasn't that far. And then when you go to a place like South Florida, I mean, you're basically, you're there until Christmas break and then you come home in the summer. So, I mean, I did a lot of, you know, growing up really, I, I guess, in terms of just being away and, and being in that kind of environment. And, um, you know, was able to build some really good relationships when I was down there um, from a golf standpoint that, uh, you know, I, I went, um, you know, we, we had some pretty good teams when I was there, you know, we didn't, we didn't necessarily make it to that national championship like I would have wanted to, but we had some, we had some good teams there. And then I went on and played a little bit, but I stayed in that Tampa area and stayed in that, stayed in that connection. And uh, I, I don't know if I'm going to jump the gun here with any questions you're going to ask, but that's kind of how I got into coaching was being able to kind of stay around there was, you know, my, I, I wanted to play. I wanted to play and compete and I was playing professional golf. And my coach, my old coach was looking for an assistant and he knew I was still in the area. And I was really thought, I'm going to do this because I'm going to earn money. I'm going to earn paycheck. And I'll probably just get to go out and practice and play with the guys. I mean, you know what, I mean, you know, what, what else would I, what else would I do? I can go out and do those things and, and still be able to play golf. And then um, ultimately fell in love with, with all the aspects of coaching and recruiting. And uh, you know, and, and again, would I have ended up at SIU if it wasn't for, you know, being at South Florida and starting there and being able to work my way around the country? I Man, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. So I think, you know, it is funny how life comes together and here I am full circle coming back to kind of where I grew up and where I started everything just by, you know, really, I think, making a decision to leave and grow uh, as a person and, and, and as, a, as a coach, I guess, is it, it, how it worked out to be able to come back here. It's got to help that you can play 365 down there, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, right. You know, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, it is. It, it, I think that, uh, you know, again, when I, was, when I was looking, that was a huge draw for me because, again, I mean, you, you, you grow up in an environment where maybe 365 days isn't something you can do all the time. And then I go down there on a visit in, like, late January, early February, and you get off the plane and you're like, you're ready to put your shorts and short sleeves on and you're like what is this you know I've never been able to experience something like this because it's 75 and sunny outside um but you know that was obviously a huge draw of being able to go down there um uh, but you know I, I guess if I if I flip this and I put my coaching hat back on you know looking back and and I tell recruits this too I mean the the warm weather that doesn't make you become the best player that you can be I mean you still have to be in a culture and an environment that will allow you to be able to become successful and, and see yourself improve. If you are somebody that's maybe internally can go and practice and do all that and you don't need to be pushed, then, you know, maybe the warm weather is a great spot for you to be able to go do that. But being able to surround yourself with eight or nine other guys that all they want to do is eat, live, breathe, sleep, golf, that may be something that you want to be in. And maybe, maybe it's not Florida. Maybe it's Southern Illinois where you want to be, where you can grow and you can get better with that. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. The uh, the winters are pretty short here anyway. I mean, it's, right. Yeah. Re- really, it's only. All the time. I mean, you're, yeah, I mean, you don't just like that. Snap of the finger. Winter's over. You're back out playing. So. Right. Right. Uh, one of the um, when when you got into coaching, one of the the first guys I saw you recruited was uh, Chase Kepka. Many golf fans know uh, his brother Brooks, who's on tour. Uh, looks like a bodybuilder, drives it a million yards. Um, do you, do you still have a relationship with the Kepkas to this day? Uh, you know, I haven't talked, I haven't talked to Chase in a while when I was, I, uh, when he was still in college and I had moved on to another, when I had moved on, uh, to another school, we saw them, we saw him at an event and I was able to catch up with him and talk to him a little bit. But you know, that, that is for me, I, I'm, that's why I guess I'm, I, I'm excited that I've been here for six years and been able to build relationships with everybody. And you stay in touch with the guys that have left. You, you got the guys that are still here and you got the guys that are coming in that you're building this relationship with. And, you know, when you're at a place, when I was at South Florida for two years, you still build those relationships, but they're not as strong as when you can get somebody and you, you know, I mean, nowadays when you're recruiting somebody you recruit them two years in advance and then they come play for your program for four years I mean you're you know you're spending six years of your life getting to know those guys and Chase's Chase's first class we I mean it was just a great get to be able to have him come to South Florida um you know the head coach at South Florida at the time coach Malloy did a great job recruiting him he'd, he'd actually coached Brooks at Florida State and he'd come down and you know so they'd had a relationship there um, and sometimes that happens. Sometimes you have a relationship with one coach versus the other. But um, you know, I, I I enjoy following them. I mean, I follow I'm I follow him on social media, and you know, I, I enjoy seeing him. Uh, you know, when he's doing well. I know he just Monday qualified for a PGA Tour event uh, not too long ago, and so you know, it is. It's great to be able to see people that you know you've you've talked to and built a relationship being successful and something that they really want to. I mean, most people are still going to go be successful in life, but to watch somebody be successful in the sport they love and go play at the highest level, um, you know, I mean, as a coach, that's that's what excites you is being able to know that, you know, hopefully you played a, a very small role in being able to help that individual see that success. But knowing that, knowing that you were there with them and, and trying to guide them, uh, it makes you feel good. Yeah, no, that's that's pretty neat. Um, I, I don't want to gloss over any of your other stops, you know, South Florida, then Oregon, Illinois, uh, now, now back home again in the Southern Illinois region. And you've bought, brought a, uh, high level of golf here. Uh, there's, there, there seems to be something about a lot of the head coaching jobs in the department, Nick Hill, Brian Mullins, Harry Blaylock, Danielle Kaufman with, with women's golf, uh, with head coaches having ties to the region. Uh, why, why do you think there's such an allure for so many people to come back and, uh, work kind of where they came from like you have? You know, I mean, I think that it just shows – to me, I mean, I think the big part of it is is the community. You know, I mean, I think the community engagement with the university itself is, is, is second to none. You know, I mean, you know, not to get off topic here, but, we, you know, we have, a, we have a fundraiser every year and it's coming up in a few weeks. And, I mean, just to see the people that – you know, are wanting to be a part of it, wanting to, wanting to help out and support our program. Um, you know, and I know that it, it's tough times for everybody. They don't have to support us right now because there's a lot of people that, you know, businesses were impacted and different things were going on and individuals were impacted with all this, but just to see the generosity of what they want to do to help, you know, a, a men's golf sport. And I know that we've got other sports that are 
way more high profile, like a basketball, like football, like those that, you know, where, where people can see their giving and get tickets and go to games and all that. And I understand that, but I think the community um, having that is a big draw to want to, to want to be at a place like this, you know I mean? To want to be at SIU and you've got, you, you walk out in the community and you know, the people that are there that support you, you know, through good times and bad. I mean, you know, we haven't won every Missouri Valley Conference championship, but you still got people that want to support our program, that, that, that want to see that and, and, and want to be a part of helping out, uh, you know, our student athletes. But, you know, I, I think first and foremost, the community. And then I think second, I mean, once you, you know, once you get here and you see it, I mean, it's a, it's a special place, you know, I mean, I, you, you start that walk through campus, um, you, you look around, I mean, I, be honest with you, I, I don't, in six years, or going on seven years of having recruits in town, I've never heard one bad comment about walk through campus. I mean, we've never lost a single recruit because of the way campus looked. I mean, campus is, it, it's a beautiful campus, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a great spot. And I think that, you know, it, it, once you get here, it, it kind of holds a special place in your heart. And I think that's why, you know, like you said, I think people that been here or have grown up here, um, they want to be a part of it. They want to be a part of helping out a place that is that is special. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll be able to uh, continue to see success in, in all those sports. I mean, I know that just the ones, just those head coaches you mentioned right there, I mean, there's already been high level of success in each one of those programs. And I think that it shows you once you get that is that those people are here because they want to be here and they're willing to pour everything that they have into the programs and when you do that, the players, the players can feel that and they see that you really, you really want it and you really want it for them. And I think that's why the, the programs that you just mentioned, I think that's why you've been able to see some success within each one of those programs in a short amount of time. But not necessarily Coach Bullock. I know she's been here for a while, but she's, she's sustained a long period of success in her program. So. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Well said. What's the hardest part about your job as a head coach? You know, I think that we're getting to a point to where, you know, we're trying to recruit players that are looking at power five schools in our area, you know, and I think that we're trying to um, showcase what we have versus what they have. And I think that, you know, we're always every, and again, college athletics may flip upside down with all this stuff, Well, who knows, right? But I think, you know, every power five, it's like an arms race to find out how great the facilities are and what they can do to make it, you know, to have all the bells and whistles. And I think specifically with our program, we may not have all the bells and whistles right now, but we have a lot of other great things that I think are just equally as important. And we may do it better than some of the power five schools, just in terms of some of those things. But, you know, I think just constantly trying to find ways to continue to improve your program for player development for the guys that are here, but then also on the recruiting end of seeing, um, you know, being able to get, and you know, and I, I mean, not that I'm trying to say anything about specific power fives, but just the ones in our area, you know, like a Indiana or a Kentucky or, you know, I mean, even in the Illinois, you know, I mean, you look and you, you got, if you had a, if we had a person that visited all those schools and they were really dire on, you know, facilities, we probably wouldn't stand up as a top notch in there, but you know, if they were looking for, you know, uh, a coaching staff that cared for them, a community that cared for them, a, a tournament schedule, a place where guys come and improve and get better um, every single year, then we got something we can hang our hat on. And again, we're, we're not, we're not a program that sits there and says, holds our hand out and said, well, we can't, we, we can't win because we don't have X, Y, and Z. We're just going to go find a way to be able to make X, Y, and Z happen. 
And, you know, hopefully, you know, you know, as a, as a head coach at, you know, I would say any head coach probably at a non power five probably has the same challenges where they're going up and trying to find players that are, that are looking at maybe the bells and whistles of what other people have. But again, I think that that also shows that, you know, in this, you've got to try to connect with people and you've got to almost be, you know, and I'm not trying to call myself an expert recruiter by any stretch of the imagination, but you got to be, you know, a pretty good recruiter to be able to try to steal players away from those specific types of programs that have that and showcase all of your strengths and show them how that will make them become a strength of theirs once they get here. So I did want to ask you about uh, your son Paxton, four years old. Uh, how's the, how's the class of 2034 looking? Yeah. <laughs> Saluki you know, I mean, I told him he's still got some work to do if he wants a scholarship. He's got to listen a little bit better. You know, we got to get him, we got to get him listening and be coachable. But, uh, you know, no, he's, he's, he's doing great. Um, you know, uh, my wife and I just, just welcomed our second child in just two weeks ago. He's been a great big brother. Um, I mean, he wants to help out. Uh, you know, he's, uh, I wish that he could take over my responsibilities of, changing the dirty diapers but he hadn't quite got to that point yet but uh, hopefully I can teach him to get there uh, but no life is uh, you know life's good here uh, you know my wife uh, our new son Porter is they're both healthy um, everybody's doing well uh, you know it's it's uh, uh, like I said my, my wife's got to turn into a boy mom now it's, she's she's well outnumbered and you know we're we're always uh, you know especially me and Paxton we're always always rough bouncing around the house and I imagine uh, our next one uh, will be doing the same. So uh, it's, it's, uh, it's exciting and stressful times for her probably, but exciting times for, for our, our household and there's never a dull moment. Congratulations all for you. That's, uh, yeah, that's tremendous. You. That's tremendous. See, you're bringing the optimism, some, some tough, right. news, tough news the past couple months, but that's a, uh, that's a high point. Yeah, no, it's good. It's good. You know, especially, yeah, that's what I mean. There's, there's so much negativity going on, um, you know, not just with college athletics, but just in general with the world, that it is good to see some bright spots every now and again and share a couple pictures of your family and them all doing well. And, uh, you know, I mean, that's, that's what we need. We need – everybody needs a little positivity. You know, it's, it's, tough, to, it's tough to continue to, to uh, you know, see negativity time after time and again and not expect for it to – filter into your mind so you know we just got to keep trying to fight that good fight to stand positive let's uh i guess we'll we'll end with the smile then we'll end there with we the go. <laughs> there we go that sounds like a plan well thanks for doing it appreciate it coach no thank you thanks for having me i really appreciate it um you're doing great work on the podcast i enjoy listening to them and and i'm glad i had an opportunity to get on here no i appreciate that that's uh, that's justin fetcho here on the saluki standards podcast